Well, hello everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, today is uh, Sunday, December 27th, 2020. Uh, welcome to the message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio uh, for today. Uh, we appreciate you being here. We have uh, a very interesting message today. I hope that uh, uh, you're, pray you're prayerful that the Spirit will speak to you as I am prayerful that the Spirit will speak through me. Uh, in addition to that, please make sure to uh, source our content on our website, akronalliance.org, uh, which is usually available uh, for the same day in the evening. Uh, the real source, of course, is going through our Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page. Uh, we have material there that you can go to and see our live stream Sunday School, as well as any messages that we have planned while we're online uh, in entirety. Uh, we'd look to plan to get back into the building in January, but we'll see how it goes as time moves on. But for today, I want to go ahead and get started with uh, a message that I pray will be uh, something that will be enlightening and encouraging uh, in the midst of uh, the time that we've been having. Uh, let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer and we'll get started. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your covering over our church ourselves individually. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for how you look after us as a group. And Lord, we pray for each and every person, every member, every person who is watching right now as well too, Lord, that you bless them, that you continue to cover them and protect them and provide healing where it's needed, whether it be emotionally or physically. We thank you for all that you have been doing for us and all that you will continue to do. Lord, we just thank you. We just give you all the praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, today I'm presenting a message um, with a little bit of levity. Uh, it's been such a heavy time for all of us uh, for almost 10 full months now. And in the fact that we're looking forward to the new year, we have expectations and we're prayerful that there are good things ahead of us. Now, we're still in a pandemic, of course, and we uh, will continue to be that way for a little while longer. But I'm prayerful that with an open heart and mind, uh, you will hear this special message. Uh, it's a message of hopefulness and remaining steadfast in your faith in Jesus Christ. Now, I was watching the local news earlier this week, this past week, and my wife and I saw something that we thought was rather unusual. Now, it came from the words of Cleveland quarterback Baker Mayfield during his postgame press conference with the local media. Uh, apparently, um, and this has been going on for a little while now, he has been finding ways to use pop culture references uh, within his answers to the media's questions. Now, everyone knows that press conferences for virtually any sport are fraught with cliches and sports metaphors. Uh, they are very repetitive in nature and they can be rather boring, you know, whether the team wins the game or not. However, Mayfield was using the lyrics of songs from the group TLC during his presser to describe the mood and attitudes of himself and his teammates. Now, here, here are quotes. We don't want no scrubs. We have some dogs outside. Stay in there and realize as long as we don't go chasing waterfalls... We're going to be in the game. Going to get knocked back and able to creep, creep back in and overcome those penalties. Now, 
these references were hilarious. Uh, they're hilarious to me. Uh, and these were not accidental. Apparently, every week, he has a standing agreement with his other team members who also play quarterback. And if he fails to make a pop culture reference during the news conference, then he'll get fined. It'll be an internal team fine of some sort. Now, of course, this is a really silly thing for sure, but it certainly makes the press conference more interesting, if not right, enjoyable. Now, this made me think even more about the importance of music and pop culture. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of TLC, uh, but I knew about their songs. Um, as I was reflecting on today's message, which is a New Year's message, uh, I was becoming more and more as nostalgic as I look back in time for something that reminded me of good news and positivity. Good news and positivity. It's a natural way for all of us to overcome periods of negativity and outright bad news. We all try to do this, and we all try to find ways to do this, and hopefully we're always successful in the end. One of the best ways that I do this is through music. I have drawn upon songs in pop culture in the past with at least a couple of my messages, and music has had a huge impact on my life uh, as a way of coping with emotional moments, uh, and even those when you are unsure of the outcome. Uh, and that is what this year has been all about. Amen? This year has been all about that. Now, this year started with hope, and is ending with a myriad of emotions. Many of us can't wait to turn the page of the calendar into 2021. Can't wait. And after a year like this one, I concluded that things can only get better. And that's the name of the song that came to mind. In 1985, 35 years ago, British singer and songwriter Howard Jones wrote and performed Things Can Only Get Better. Things Can Only Get Better. Now, this is a more than appropriate theme song, at least for this message, as we move from 2020 into 2021. Interestingly, there were a lot of things that happened in 1985 where people were fearful looking for hope, and yearning for brighter days ahead. Within a year of the release of this song, there was famine relief for Africa. You might remember it as the USA for Africa movement. Uh, you may even remember there was a song that was done at that time called We Are the World uh, by a group of artists. AIDS at that time was at epidemic levels. There were a number of terrorist attacks and natural disasters, and the Space Shuttle Challenger exploded upon liftoff. This was a very turbulent time in America. Now, Howard Jones wrote this song to pick people up through a very tough time. That was his style. That's the way he operated. Uh, and he said this in 2006, my songs are not about drug taking or debauchery, or rock and roll. They're about positive thinking and challenging people's ideas. I wasn't fashionable. 
I never got good reviews, but I'm proud of the fact that I wasn't liked by the media. He may not have been a media favorite, but this particular song was quite popular upon its release in 1985. Uh, it was number six on the UK singles chart and number five in the United States on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. It also crossed over to the R&B charts in America. I bet you didn't know that. Uh, it peaked at number 54, but it was even a favorite in the R&B uh, category. Perhaps you might remember the song. Now, to stay focused on the message, I'm not going to play the song until now. I'll play it for you later. But let's look at the lyrics, uh, because it's going to be easier to go through them this way rather than you listening to the song and then picking up on it uh, until later. So let's go uh, look at the lyrics. They all read like poetry. We're not scared to lose it all. Security throw through the wall. Future dreams we have to realize. A thousand skeptic hands won't keep us from the things we plan unless we're clinging to the things we prize. And do you feel scared? I do. But I won't stop and falter. And if we threw it all away, things can only get better. And then another stanza. Treating today as though it was the last, the final show. Get to 60 and feel no regret. It may take a little time, a lonely path, an uphill climb. Success or failure will not alter it. And do you feel scared? I do. And I won't stop and falter. And if we threw it all away, things can only get better. Now, you'll see that while the message is a simple one, it is drawing attention to something that you need to pick up on. Is drawing attention to the importance of releasing what you're holding on to and not allowing fear to keep you in a place of stagnation. Now let's take a look at this first stanza more deeply. We're not scared to lose it all. Security throw through the wall. Future dreams we have to realize. A thousand skeptic hands won't keep us from the things we plan unless we're clinging to the things we prize. Now here's how I break this down. What does Satan do to prevent you from wanting to move forward through a difficult situation? What does Satan do to prevent you from wanting to move forward through a difficult situation? First, he instills panic and fearfulness. Next, he builds upon one's insecurity. He dims and blurs your vision of the future. He makes you more comfortable in holding on to skepticism. Each of these points hamper your relationship with Jesus Christ. Each one of them. Much of what we have been exposed to over the course of uh, this year is a lot of information about the virus and the pandemic. Much of it was valuable. Some of it, upon reflection, you know, after 10 months we've had time to think about it, some of it may have been overblown. But the result of too much information 
over a period of time can create a state of mind that is commonly referred to as analysis paralysis. Analysis paralysis. So much information that it's hard to move forward. Now, we have a right to be well-informed at times like this. We need to know what's going on. No question about it. But there's also a psychological effect on each and every one of us when we are hammered with data day after day after day. And it can cause us to be stuck in the mud and feel as though there is no escape. When you're sheltering in place, as we have been for a while now, you can see how this can be a huge problem. This is where it is very important to be in a routine that brings you back to where you need to be. It is a reliance upon the presence of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. A reliance on the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices, please, to Psalm chapter 40. Let's take a look at verses 1 through 3. Psalm chapter 40, verses 1 through 3. Now, the version that I have is from the Berean Study Bible. Um, it's a, a regular Bible version that uh, I've discovered uh, that you can get online, but it's in line with uh, a lot of other uh, passages that you'll run into. So let's take a look at what it says here in verses 1 through 3 of Psalm 40. For the choir master, a psalm of David. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. Verse 2. He lifted me up from the pit of despair, out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock and made my footsteps firm. Verse 3. He put a new song in my mouth. A hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Now, this is just one verse in the Psalms, and there are many other Psalms that you can look at here uh, that emphasize how God can bring about greater certainty in your life to help you overcome uncertainty. God's Word has many great reminders as to how to live in a healthy manner. Take a look at the next set of lyrics in the song. And do you feel scared? I do. But I won't stop and falter. And if we threw it all away, things can only get better. Note that there is an expectation of fearfulness that's being expressed here in this song during a difficult time. And that's the quote again. And you, do you feel scared? I do. Fear can be paralyzing. Fear can be paralyzing. It provides no solace. It provides no comfort. It only dispirits you. It keeps you from making rational decisions. It keeps you from realizing God's presence and his goodness. This is another symptom of analysis paralysis. It's fearfulness. Fear of the unknown. That's what all of us have been dealing with this year. Fear of the unknown. All of the protocols of today that must be followed in order to lessen the probability of catching a virus, when you're uncertain of what the outcome is, it's going to cause fearfulness. 
Let's spend a moment right now addressing our fears. If we're being honest about it, we have them. We have fear when there are unknowns involved. It's a natural occurrence. The song's lyric does not hide from fear at all. It recognizes it. It acknowledges it. And now it's time to deal with it. Let's deal with that fear. We are to face our fears with the power of God in our lives. Let's turn, please, to Isaiah 41, verse 10. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Uh, This is from the English Standard Version. Isaiah 41, verse 10. It's time to face our fears. It says in the verse, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Another verse to look at. It's a very familiar verse, one that we've heard before. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. God is so good to give us verses like this to just give us comfort. Verse 6, ESV version. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Here's another one. Psalm 56, verse 3. Psalm 56, verse 3. Also from the English Standard Version. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. That's a direct response. You notice how it says that? very. It's a very brief verse. It says it right, right away. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Bam, just do it just like that. The moment you feel afraid, trust in the Lord. Trust in Jesus. Here's another one, 2 Timothy 1.7. 2 Timothy 1.7. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Note that you can draw upon him immediately to receive power and love and self-control. And we'll throw in another word later on here, uh, strength as well too, but we'll get to that as well. Psalm 34, 4 is another one to look at. Psalm 34, 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. When things appear at their worst, we are given encouragement by the presence of the Holy Spirit to look beyond 
the present. Look beyond what's facing you right at this moment. We need to look beyond that. We need to see past the things that look ugly right in front of us. Things can only get better. Things can only get better. And I do want to point something out here. I, there is also a very popular expression that says things can't get any worse. I'm sure you've heard that. If you look at this statement closely, it is, in fact, an acknowledgement that things can and do get worse. Because you're not really nullifying anything. It's almost as if making such a statement is actually a precursor that things are really bad now and that they can really get worse. It's a statement of pessimism, for sure. Perhaps you haven't looked at it that way before. But you're hoping things can't get worse, but in fact they can. Well, I would much rather look towards a better tomorrow and dwell upon a really bad present situation that has everything to do with your outlook, has everything to do with your approach. Satan wants you, uh, wants to see God's people live in discouragement. He wants to see you live as the world does, without the need for faith, without the need for hope. He wants to see you come to that same conclusion. God's word gives us clarity. It gives us clarity and leads those who are lacking in faith to have hope and have expectations for a good outcome. That's what you need. Have hope. Be positive. Romans 12 Romans 12, 12. Romans 12, 12. Take a look at that, please. Romans 12, 12. Actually, it might be a very good memory verse. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Remember how scripture tells us to always be seeking after the Lord, being in prayer. Well, it's also in this passage here too. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Let's flip over, since you're in Romans now, to Romans 15, 13. Romans 15, 13. Another positive message of reinforcement for you. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Abound in hope. Not just have a little bit of hope. Abound in it. Be strengthened by it. Be just filled with it. He does not want you to dwell on how things can't get any worse, but rather have the expectation that good things are around the corner. Just like we've been saying, things can only get better. Get better. 
if there's nothing positive in this moment that you can point to, then we need to focus on God's love for us and that he gave of himself, gave of himself, in order for each and every one of us to experience a life of eternity with him. Of course, we know that verse to be John 3.16. He gave of himself for us. Please take a look at James chapter 1, verse 12. James chapter 1, verse 12. This is also from the English Standard Version. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Remain steadfast under trial because there is a test involved. It's a test to, frankly, determine how faithful you can remain. Now, please consider this point. Even if you were to lose everything you owned in a natural disaster, for example, would you be able to move forward? Would you be able to move forward? You know as well as I do that there have been people who have lost everything they've had in a natural disaster. They've lost all their personal belongings, but they come back out of that and they say to themselves and say out loud to anybody who will listen, we still have ourselves, we have our lives, we can always rebuild, we can always start over. And that's absolutely true. I've learned a lot from this passage in Habakkuk. I hope that I never experienced anything close to what Habakkuk prayed about during the ravaging of his country. His country was being invaded. But his response, in my opinion, is epic. Um, and that's, that's at Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. Please turn to that if you want to follow along. Habakkuk 3, verses 16 through 19. And... You really have to internalize what's being said here to really get the focus and get the scope of where Habakkuk's mindset is and yet what he was able to do at the end of all of this. Verse 16, I hear and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me, yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. He knows that day is coming when his country is going to be invaded and ravaged. Verse 17. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Verse 19, God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. Can you find it in your heart to rejoice in the midst of fear and devastation? Can you? It's all about your faith 
and drawing strength and courage from none other than Jesus Christ. To paraphrase from John 14, verse 6, He is the way, the truth, and the life to peace, strength, and security. All of that comes from Him. Peace, strength, and security. Let's get back to our song. The next stanza in the lyrics of our song is also a declaration as to how we are to live in the midst of uncertainty. Treating today as though it was the last, the final show. Get to 60 and feel no regret. It may take a little time, a lonely path, an uphill climb. Success or failure will not alter it. Now here, we are reminded of the importance of living your life in such a manner, to use a sports metaphor, where you don't leave anything on the field. Another way to state this is to live each day as if it's your last day. There will be successes, and there will be failures, and there will be times where you will feel as though you are all alone, and all the paths taken are going to be very difficult paths. So what's the lesson here? Is it to give up and stop trying? Or is it to stay the course and persevere? Do you give up or do you stay the course? Knowing that Jesus is going to be with you every step of the way. What does Jesus tell us to do when we are uncertain of the outcome? He tells us to keep after it. Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. Let's take a look at that, please. I'm going to be reading from the uh, NIV version. But Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. And one thing that is a constant for all of us who are alive and breathing and living is that we have to keep after it. We have to keep moving. We are not to stand still under any circumstances other than the direction God gives us if we need to wait for him and wait for his answer. When I say stand still, I'm referring to the motion of your faith, the motion of your action in faith. Verse 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened but there has to be a continual effort to realize what God is saying to you in those moments. You sometimes just have to ask, and you have to sometimes ask more than once. Sometimes you have to ask a dozen times, but he is encouraging you to always seek after him. Let's take another look at uh, verse. Uh, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Because what we've been going through this year has been a trial. No question about it. It's been a trial for every believer. It's been a trial for every human being, but believers especially, because we're dealing with the great unknown in many instances. And that's even going to occur next year. We still have some things we have to learn about. But what does it say in verses 2 through 4 of James chapter 1? Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. 
For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Perfect and complete. Let it have its full effect. Standing your ground in Christ. In spite of fearfulness, in spite of obstacles, in spite of setbacks, in spite of all odds, you are to continue to persevere and keep trying as you seek after the Lord. Keep trying. Persevere. Now, the Holy Spirit is your advocate to overcome everything that you face. He's your advocate. Everything that you have faced during this pandemic can be overcome if you consistently seek after the Lord. Remember, Satan wants to distract you in a number of ways. God wants you to remember him in order for you to experience success. Now look at that success, word success, in just a moment. But take a look at 1 Chronicles 16, verse 11. 1 Chronicles 16, verse 11. It's a very short verse. I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. It says, 1 Chronicles 16, verse 11, Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence continually. Simple, right? Seek the Lord in his strength. Go after his strength. Help him to make you stronger. Seek his presence continually. In other words, seek him every day. Seek him all the time. Let's talk about success. What is success? Success in Christ is not always measured in victories. Success may be getting by day after day. Just getting through the day. Just getting through the time. But even in setbacks, you're not really losing any ground in Jesus. Sometimes we have to have setbacks, which is part of our learning experience. But you're really not losing any ground when it comes to Jesus Christ because there's a setback. Now see, that's all about attitude. Our ultimate victory is in Jesus Christ, our Savior. He is our victory. He has the victory. He has won the victory for us already. It's a good reminder to live in victory in Jesus Christ and not dwell on those things that we can't control. Not be fearful. Here's another passage. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 57 and 58. 1 Corinthians 15, Verses 57 and 58. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, 
be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Be steadfast, be immovable. Your labor is not in vain. The victory is in Jesus Christ. Amen. So after all is said and done, with the kind of year that we had, it's time to get ready to turn the page as we move into the new year. It's time. It's been more than time. Things can only get better. And things will get better. Jesus is going to see to it. Have a happy new year, everyone. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We just want to give you all the glory, Lord, for all that you have done for us. All that you have brought us through. And all that you will continue to do for us as we seek after you. We thank you for your loving presence. We thank you for how you just truly bless us. We thank you for your covering. We thank you for the reminder that we can run into you as a strong tower. And we are safe because you deem us righteous. And Lord, help us to have a positive outlook. No matter what other people are saying or doing, no matter what other people are doing as far as trying to discourage, Lord, help us to remain encouraged. We already have the victory. We already have everything that we need in you. We have everything that we need to be successful in you. Lord, we know that there are times when fearfulness crap creeps in. It's a given. We experience fearfulness. But Lord, you are greater than all of our fears. You have already overcome to help us to deal with those fears. You've asked us to seek after you continually to give us what we need to overcome those fears. And Lord, we know that this year has been a year unlike many that we've ever experienced. And Lord, we can only hope and pray that next year will be a phenomenal year. A year unlike any other one. Where, Lord, you are indeed the light of this world. And we want to be the light just like you. And we want to be able to encourage other people to seek after you in the midst of all difficulty. We are reminded of that as well, too. Help us to seek after you. Help us to serve you. Help us to look to you. Help us to overcome anything that paralyzes us, that stops us from having fellowship with you. And Lord, we know that Satan can be defeated right now if we just turn from him and say, Satan, not today. Satan, get behind me. Satan, get away from me. Thank you, Lord, for those reminders. Thank you for helping us through those tough times. Lord, just bless us right now. Bless this church as well, too. We thank you for all that you've done for us and all that you continue to do. And we give you all the praise and thanks in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
Well, thank you so much for being here. I promised you I'd play the song, and I will do that right now. I just want to make sure I give credit where credit is due before I play it. Um, the music and lyrics are by Howard Jones. It's Things Can Only Get Better. Um, it is published by Howard Jones Music Limited. Uh, it was released in 1985. And as promised, thanks for being here today. I'll let this play. We hope you enjoyed yourself. <laughs> 